baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Faces a choice. This is Battleground America. Here's Tara Servatius. For the Rebel Alliance, this was a huge weekend. Forget how you see the world for a minute and look at it as if you are a global elite right now. This weekend, for them, was a disaster. There you were, plodding along, doing great. You'd gotten rid of Donald Trump. And you had the whole world tilting toward an authoritarian movement control vaccine passport system where the serfs would have to ask your permission to even cross borders, assuming they were allowed to do such a thing. But then the rebellion began. We didn't know much about it on this continent because the media did a remarkable job blacking it out. But there was a full scale rebellion going in Europe. There still is in its capitals. Hundreds of thousands of people taking to the streets of European nations every single weekend. This has been going on for months. Americans had no idea because they didn't want it to spread. So elites kept news of it locked down. So Americans, Canadians, others on this hemisphere wouldn't get the idea to do the same thing. This was the weekend it spread like a wildfire out of control and jumped oceans right across the Atlantic. It was nothing but bad news for the elites. As Canada, which they had thought of up until now as a subdued territory, broke into full-scale rebellion. Folks, the size of this trucker convoy, 50,000, not people, vehicles in this convoy, made it to Ottawa, totally locked the city down just by parking. You had the spectacle from their perspective. Think, of, think about this as, as a world elite who wants to dominate and institute some sort of Marxism in the world, some sort of authoritarian power. And you had Trudeau, one of your leading lights, the prime minister, locked in his home, afraid to come out, claiming he had a quarantine, even though he'd had two negative COVID tests, essentially hiding in fear and terror. The elites try to brush it off. These are white supremacist racist truckers who just disagree with the vaccine mandate. Somehow that makes them white supremacists. Don't ask questions. Anyway, uh, they try to marginalize them as having incorrect views and being a fringe minority. 50,000 vehicles is not a fringe minority. It's a world record. The biggest convoy ever assembled. This may not look to us like the rebellion is spreading, but that's how it looks to the elites who look worldwide. Last week, there were tandem protests both in Canada and in D.C., The one in D.C. was led not by a Republican or conservative, but by RFK Jr., a Kennedy and a Democrat. And this even terrified them worse. This is why they had to paint him as an anti-Semite for what he didn't say in his speech. They lied about that, by the way, because they're terrified that he will lead a Democrat rebellion. And he might. Both sides of the aisle came together to condemn vaccine mandates and the lies that have been told to us around covid Speaking for the podium were folks on the right, including medical doctors, but also civil rights attorneys and Democrat activists. It cut both ways. 
That had to be terrifying. That's why CNN and MSNBC spent so much time last week destroying Kennedy. They can't let this spread. COVID was going to be their way to total control. Then there was New York City, where the woke policies of the liberal elite were rebuffed in a humiliating fashion, where a record-breaking number of officers gathered in the street. I don't know if you've seen this video. If you haven't, you've got to go search it out. It's unbelievable. The camera can't even capture the whole sea of blue from the officers that lined the road for the funeral procession. In order to see it, the camera had to pan, and it takes quite a while. There were thousands and thousands there, NYPD and those who'd come from all over the country. Again, it was a record-breaking crowd. And during the eulogy, the widow of the dead, tragically 22-year-old officer Jason Rivera broke down in tears as she placed the blame for her husband's murder. And this was another one of these ambush-style killings, a veritable terror attack, as I've explained before on the Battleground podcast, as she blamed her husband's death put the blame for it solely on the shoulders of New York liberal elites who parrot the same lines as world liberal elites, specifically on the liberal DA. She got a one minute long standing ovation. The system continues to fail us. We are not safe anymore. Not even the members of the service. I know you were tired of these laws especially the ones from the new DA. I hope he's watching you speak through me right now. (laughs) This wasn't at all where the liberal elites thought they'd end up while they were running us through the summer of love, $2 billion worth of damage with the public support behind them. And the presidency they stole, not only in shambles, but actually doing harm to the fight for the things they want. With their efforts, instead turning voters, including black and Hispanic voters, against them. And, at least in America, with no hope of pivoting. Because they're almost trapped by their lunatic fringe base, who they've weaponized. Their policies may be grotesquely unpopular with the public, but they can't get out of a Democrat primary unless they run on them. Speaking of radical policies, folks, this says it all. This story of a Black Lives Matter activist who killed in the process of demonstrating. He's not the only one. More than 20 people have been killed across the country as part of these protests. But this was a particularly bad case out of Minnesota. The guy, the lunatic, actually killed somebody. He got mad. He got mad about the injustice, and he did what the left, let's face it, thinks you should be able to do. Went up to some random person's business, a pawn shop, took some accelerant, set it on fire. He burnt the building to the ground. His name is Montez Tyriel Lee Jr., and this is one heck of a story, because it's what happened next that's even more insane. There's no doubt he burnt the building to the ground. He videoed himself in front of it with the accelerant pouring it on the building, recorded it, and uploaded it. And guess what? There was a guy in the building. He's dead now. His name was Oscar Lee Stewart. He was 30. You don't know his name. They found his body in the ashes. He was apparently asleep in the building when it burned down, and he was trapped. Well, think about this for a minute. Whose name do you know? 
you know Brian Sicknick's name, the Capitol Police officer who was murdered, not murdered, by Trump supporters. Yeah, they lied. They withheld his autopsy for months so they could bury his ashes and inter them at Arlington with a full honor as if he were murdered. When the DA knew the whole damn time he wasn't murdered, so did the coroner, so did the Capitol Police. They would have had to have known, but they said nothing. The coroner would surely have told them. It's unthinkable that he wouldn't. He allowed Nancy Pelosi and Mitch McConnell and Chuck Schumer to preside over his funeral, pretending he'd been murdered by Trump supporters. Well, this guy, he was actually murdered by a self-avowed Black Lives Matter activist in the middle of a Black Lives Matter protest. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. They only wish they had something like this on the January 6th protesters. Yet to this day, you know Brian Sicknick's name. Turned out he died of natural causes. But you don't know Oscar Lee Stewart's. He was murdered. And that murder was like totally okay with the Biden administration Department of Justice. I am not making this up. They actually argued. The prosecutors who were supposed to be prosecuting to extract justice for the murdered man they actually argued for a reduced sentence for him you know why because he was rioting for black lives matter during the time of the murder i kid you not you never and folks i used to cover i used to cover the courts as a reporter you never see a prosecutor advocate for a reduced sentence but this one did why Listen to the actual words of the prosecutor. He was successful, by the way, um, because the perp, Mr. Lee, was set to get 200 months in prison and the judge reduced it to 120 just because he was with BLM. And thus his motives were pure, according to the prosecutor. Listen to this. He wrote, Mr. Lee's motives for setting the fire is a foremost issue. Mr. Lee credibly states that he was in the streets to protest unlawful police violence against black men. And there is no basis to disbelieve the statement. Mr. Lee appropriately acknowledges that he could have demonstrated in a different way, but that he was caught up in the fury of the mob after living as a black man, watching his peers suffer at the hand of the pol- hands of the police, the memo states. He goes on to argue that arson is an inherently dangerous and unpredictable felony offense. The arsonist who sets a building ablaze cannot know the extent of the damage or death he or she will cause. Yeah, well, there's a good way not to do that. Don't set the fire. The crime, the prosecutor continues, is by its nature chaotic and uncontrollable. Surrounding homes and businesses may inadvertently be destroyed. Firefighters, people trapped in buildings, or the arsonist him or herself might be killed. The memo went on. By the way, this was written by U.S. attorney. This is a federal U.S. attorney whose salary you pay. U.S. attorney W. Anders Folk. Anyway, um, Mr. Lee states that he checked the building before he set the fire to make sure no one would be hurt. If true, that is at least some small measure of precaution. This is outrageous. Folks, the January 6th protesters are still in prison. A year later, they're sitting there awaiting trial. Many of them have gotten as much time as this guy will get. And the difference 
if you burn the building to the ground on purpose and kill people in the process, as long as you're demonstrating for a liberal woke cause, it's all good. And heck, you might even get bailed out by the fund whose you know funds came from the vice president who raised money to get these people out of prison and out of jail so they could go back to destroying innocent people's businesses. Folks, this is the left for you. But this, as we saw from the demonstrations this weekend, all of it, the wokeness, the lies, the COVID pandemic, all of it is falling apart. That's what those demonstrations this week meant. And it'll only get worse as tokens of this destruction pop up almost daily now on television. Take, for instance, the big one that went viral this weekend. Actor Michael Rappaport has been filming the situation with the Rite Aids in New York. The company is having to shut them down because they can't keep merchandise on the shelves from being stolen. So Rappaport has taken to filming this situation at the Rite Aids around where he lives, four of which are closing. Well, one of them he revisited this weekend. His film from last week went viral. This one did too. The store shelves have been picked 100% completely clean. And it's just so bizarre to watch this video. The employees are there as if to check something out, but there's nothing to check out. Here's his update. Back in my right aid, and there's nothing to steal because this right aid like so many other Rite Aids, is closing down because everybody stole everything. And the workers here don't know if they're getting jobs. Congratulations, losers. Again, folks, this is after New York's Soros-backed liberal DA ordered that armed robberies be charged as mere misdemeanors by his prosecutors and that the only crimes that would be seriously punished for what he called carceral sentences, in other words, they'll put you in prison for them, the only thing they'd pursue for that would be homicides, violent felonies. So it's okay to rob somebody as long as you don't kill them or hurt them too much. Domestic violence, listen to this, some sex offenses, not all? Public corruption, rackets, and major economic crimes. So he basically opened the floodgates. And they've got no way to shut them. Folks, this guy, this DA who did this, he was elected in November. He ran on these policies and was elected. Why? Because this is who comes out of Democrat primaries now. This is who they're putting up. And they don't know how to stop their lunatic fringe followers Even if they realize they've gone too far, they have to satisfy the monster they've created. Folks, don't underestimate the weight of this. It's massive. You know who summed it up the best recently? Of all people, Democrat strategist James Carvel. When he told Vox, we're addicted, talking about the Democrat Party, to hopeless causes. There's a significant part of the Democrat Party that doesn't mind losing if it allows them to be pure. We're obsessed with purity. This has to stop. We've got to do whatever it takes to get more political power. And that means we've got to win some elections. Yeah, but it's that purity part. They, they're, they're, their lunatic fringe followers are only 25 to 30 percent of the, of the population of this country. Tops. But they dominate Democrat primaries. They can't run from them. They have to satisfy their madness, which means they have just one way forward. They've got to create a new electorate and erase the votes of people who disagree with them because they're simply not going to win if the circus continues. 
And again, given how insane their core base of voters is, they are going to have to continue the circus, which becomes more damaging by the day and leads to ironies like this. While Joe Biden's administration flips out over the possibility that Russians will violate Ukraine's border, Russians and Ukrainians are flooding over hours. And Joe doesn't care. Neither does the media. That doesn't make it any less remarkable. What Fox News reported this morning. Now we're learning the majority of migrants crossing into the U.S. They're from distant nations like Russia and Ukraine. Our border is literally a national security crisis. 2,000 Russians and 300 Ukrainian migrants got to the U.S. at an inspection station in San Diego. Now, in the past, migrants attempted to cross the border. They were mainly from Mexico or the Northern Triangle countries. But now it shows a change in demographic pointing to smuggler tactics, according to CBP. Republican Arizona Governor Ducey attached an uptick in crime to the border being wide open, saying the cartels are shaping border policy right now and the Biden administration is their marketing arm. Senator Tom Cotton says Biden cares more about Ukraine's border than our own. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and others do seem to care more about Ukraine's border than our southern border at a time when we've had two million illegal immigrants cross our border under Joe Biden's tenure in office. I mean, that's like adding the entire population of Nebraska to this country. Yeah, Joe Biden's administration might care more about the Ukrainian border than our own. But nobody involved in the Ukrainian border mess seems to care much at all about what Joe thinks. Or the U.S. wants, for that matter. You wouldn't know that watching U.S. television coverage. It's almost bizarre. It's presented as if we're still a superpower for the purposes of Europe. We're not. And as if, you know, moment to moment we want to know what does the U.S. want versus what is Russia doing. As if they're waiting with bated breath to see what we'll do next. As if we have any say whatsoever over what's going on. As if anybody cares. There was a time when they did, after World War II. That time is dead. This is a remarkable headline in the UK Daily Mail. And it makes U.S. media coverage of this whole Ukraine thing, quite frankly, look just bizarre. Here's the headline. Putin splits NATO and cuts out Biden. Russian president agrees to hold talks with Germany, France, and Ukraine as squabbling NATO countries fail to decide joint troop deployment and Joe says he'll go it alone. All right, let me explain to you what just happened there. We just became completely irrelevant to NATO. The main superpower now, as far as Europe's concerned, is Russia, with a secondary standing from China. And us? Well, we've got a Twitter account. The fact that France and Germany agreed to this speaks volumes. They don't see us as a superpower anymore. They don't even see us as relevant to this debate anymore. And quite frankly... We're not. Joe Biden signaled that and seeded it when he greenlighted the Nord 2, more than doubling the amount of natural gas Russia will be able to bring into Europe. They don't have a need for us anymore, and they answer to Russia and don't really care what we think. That makes these incredibly historic times. You're literally watching on Biden's watch what was supposed to happen under Trump, that NATO would become irrelevant. America, an embarrassing has been punchline of a former superpower. Not only do we not run the world anymore, the world doesn't care what we think. What does this mean exactly? It means that Germany is placing its bets for the future, 
where the power lies with Russia and not with us, and that France is doing what France normally does when Germany does something. Go along. Yet the U.S. media, bizarrely, continues to cover this whole thing around the clock as if we are somehow relevant. And they need to give us up-to-the-minute updates on what we're doing in regards to what they're doing when they don't care. I can't help but think that a lot of the -the round-the-clock coverage on Ukraine and all the drama, including the troops, isn't just an attempt by the media to distract the American people from Fox News' banner week last week and all the stories they broke on immigration. Namely, the terrifying story that the U.S. Army is partnering with the Department of Homeland Security in a betrayal of the American people to fly illegal immigrants, including grown military-age men, into the country or drive them in or load them onto buses, whatever it takes to get them where they're going so they'll stay there and eventually vote Democrat. Those stories broken by Fox are devastating. And even if people don't watch Fox News, and more people than not don't, it doesn't matter. They can have the same impact they had this summer when they went local and covered school boards, where parents were screaming at liberals for the deranged things they were doing. Those video clips and the stories that went with them got shared all over the internet. It was so devastating for the Democrats, they had to bring in the FBI and threaten to use the Patriot Act to terrorize those parents into stopping. They lost Virginia anyway. So they're looking for a way to cover right now. And this is the best way from the disaster at the border, which is actually a well-organized voter drive. It's not a crisis at all, nor is it chaotic. Which brings us to this story. And this is nuts. Not only are they loading them onto the planes and taking them all over the country, they're going one step better. They're telling them that they can bring their loved ones too. And We'll fly them in from what other country they're in. Oh, and their caregivers as well. Folks, what is this? They're trying to maximize their numbers. Never forget that in the summer of 2020, on his campaign website, Joe Biden published the Sanders, no, Biden-Sanders plan. Sorry, it was Biden-Sanders plan. And in it, they said that they planned to welcome all, welcome, they actually use that word, all, the world's migrants to the United States of America. Pew Charitable Trust survey arm estimates that is around 160 million people. They've only got three years left to do it. So as you can imagine, they're in a hurry. So they're loading illegals onto planes, trains, and automobiles, shipping them wherever they want to go, but then asking them, keep in mind, they're still legally here. If you're applying for asylum, you don't get to stay here. You can come after we approve it. They're asking them to apply for asylum and then saying, hey, we'll bring all your friends and relatives on a plane at U.S. taxpayer expense. That's what Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton told War Room. It's called the Central American Miners Program. And what the Biden administration is doing is is people from certain countries, whether it's El Salvador, Honduras or Guatemala, when they get in here and they claim asylum, they can immediately have their kids flown in with taxpayer dollars to the United States to join them. Completely illegal. Nothing has been put in place by Congress to allow this. And yet the Biden administration has been doing this. And so when somebody comes across the border illegally and they're from one of those three countries, one of those Central American countries, and they just say, I want to claim asylum, then they get to stay, even though under the Remain in Mexico program that we have won our lawsuit about, they're supposed to be deported immediately. But they're not. They're not following court orders and they're not following federal law. 
what they are doing is then allowing those people to invite their fam- some of their kids and potentially other caregivers to the United States on taxpayer money. We fly them up here and then we release them into the country. That's called the Central Americans Miners Program. And that was created by Joe Biden. So this ain't no Disney vacation. They're illegal when we let them go. And then we just let them go. This is an international illegal alien recruiting program and smuggling operation. And it's totally illegal. Will anyone stop them? Thank you for listening to today's podcast. In order to subscribe, you have to go to the Odyssey app. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. Go to the Odyssey app and hit subscribe and then share with friends and family and ask them to do the same. Thanks for helping me grow the podcast so people will actually know what's going on. with Tara Servatius. Please subscribe on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Share with friends, family, and other free thinkers. Thanks for listening. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.